Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, Real Presence Radio family on a beautiful Thursday morning, May 13th, the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. This is your host, Father Kyle Metzger. I'm joined in studio with Roxanne Solonen. Good morning, Roxanne. Good morning, Father. Good to be here with you this morning. It's a great morning here uh, in studio. But uh, as we begin this uh, wonderful program here, Real Presence Live, let us begin appropriately in prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, as the church remembers today the great memorial of your blessed mother, Our Lady of Fatima, help us always to heed her message that she delivered to the visionaries in Fatima to pray, to pray unceasingly to you, to implore for your mercy upon the world. Help us always to live holy and pleasing lives in your sight so that one day we can dwell alongside all the angels and saints and worship you eternally in heaven. And on this great Marian day, let us pray to the Blessed Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Roxanne, what's uh, what's new in your life? What have you been up to recently? Well, I rolled in last night at sunset from a, a grand adventure, went to help with the the senior retreat. It's usually a, a junior retreat for okay. Shanley High School. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a little frog in my throat, so it's going to be a little visitor this morning with me. Okay. So me and my frog here. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we went to um, Detroit Lakes. There's a place called Camp Castaway. It's Young Life, I think. It's a, a camp that Shanley rents out for different times and it was canceled last year but it's kind of a retreat for the juniors to kind of be prepared for their year of being seniors and to kind of empower them and one of the really cool things they do is they write letters to themselves in eighth grade so they in eighth grade they write a letter to their senior self or junior self I guess and sure and then they get to read these letters um it was kind of cool because so the parents come as volunteers and and help slave away and and (laughs) And, and cooking free, free labor, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's really fun though because when you're like cleaning and and serving with other people, it's super easy. Like sure. you, you know, we work like crazy, but um, and then to see our kids happy with with the food and and with our service. So you've got fun. a you've got <laughs> a a senior son who's graduating. So I suppose it was all the the senior parents were helping out. Yeah, yeah, and and there's just you know a group of us whoever can volunteer or whatever, but it's always a fun time to get to know the other parents and just to kind of delight in our children together because you know they're seniors and so. Um, now, did you, know? you did you know you like you said it's usually a junior retreat, so they're mm-hmm. kind of anticipating being leaders in the school. But here, kind of maybe a different uh, tone or flavor to the retreat as as kind of they're being launched. They're 
they're really departing. There was lots of energy. I mean, it was a beautiful day and there was a celebratory note about it. Like this is it. This is their last hurrah, really. I mean, they're going to have their individual parties, but even that, you know, after graduation, well, other than graduation itself, but like I'm talking about that energy that's there, you know, Mm -hmm. in young people and, and looking into the future. And I think, you know, they've been kind of closed down. They've, they've gone through a lot. I know last year seniors went through a lot too with so much being shut down. Mm-hmm. But this whole year too was a big question mark. I think a lot of them were uncertain about their futures and there, there was a bit of hope in the air, I felt, at, at that retreat. The school year, I think, is, is coming to a conclusion in, in a much more positive, um, light optimism than probably the year started Absolutely. with. It was very daunting. What is this year going to look like? But things mm-hmm. seem to have calmed down and there's a lot of energy. Um, mm-hmm. I would imagine, Roxanne, you know, with this being a, a Catholic high school retreat, probably a decent percentage of those students had been together for... 10, 13 years. Right. You know, it was, it was interesting because I've always heard about the eighth grade letters and how they get to read them, but usually it's off site somewhere. And, and oftentimes it's an overnight, usually it's an overnight, but we couldn't do that this year. Last year it was canceled this year. We could just do one day. So they didn't get their overnight, but it was kind of neat because they actually opened their letters in the dining hall where we were serving them. So I happened to catch a glance at my son opening his letter from eighth grade with this big grin on his face. And I wish I could see what he wrote to himself. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a moment that I've heard about, but to actually get to witness it was just so fun. So, and I suppose being a a teenager, he didn't share too much. He didn't share anything, but I I might've pulled my camera out. I don't even know if he realized, but I caught the, I caught the moment. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. a lot of uh, laughter. I imagine of, I can't believe I wrote that. Or what was I thinking? You know, you're always in, embarrassed looking back at your pictures and you know there's something about you just want to be distanced from that that younger self you know you're older now you're more mature you you know things right yeah. <laughs> you know about life more than you did then yeah I mean middle school is an awkward time and you know what yeah. I mean but I uh I uh you know I'm I'm the vocation director for the diocese Roxanne and I heard about um it was passed to me as vocation director that one of the the seniors opened his letter. And one of the things they had to address was, you know, dating relationships and marriage. You know, what is your, what do you, what do you envision, you know, for that? And, uh, and he wrote that, um, he didn't want to deal with girls. They're too complicated. So he'll just be a priest. Right. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know that? And that was passed on to me. And, uh, I, I saw him, I said, is that still on the picture? I don't know, father. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, that's a big decision. <laughs> so, Father, did you go on a retreat? Because you went through Catholic schools. I did. And it's it's funny that you asked that because um, there, um, there, the junior retreat is always a big event. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal, you know, coming together, anticipating your senior year. And so when I was at Chanley, we did have a big junior retreat. It was an overnight. And I remember parts of it, like you mentioned, the mm-hmm. letters is, is a big moment. I remember Mass very distinctly. Um and a few other things that happened, but kind of the, the bigger things had, I've, I'd lost in my memory. But when I was out at the retreat here, it all came back to me that it was at the very same place. Okay, I had totally kind of lost those sorts of details. Mm-hmm. But so like uh, uh, the high school has been doing this retreat at that location for 
at least two decades now. Yeah. So it it uh, I I instantly recognized the venues and mm. the different locations where everything uh, was at, but I had completely forgotten those sorts of details. I just mm. remembered the more, you know, meaningful experiences that that took place during the during the days. So. Right. Right. So it's kind of fun to come full circle back yeah. to that. I had I. Had, I, I had lost that. They really run things well. It's a well-oiled machine as, as far as what we're doing back in the kitchen and how everything is so organized and it's, it's just, it's fun. It was fun to serve, wipe tables, do whatever, but just mostly to see the kids just getting so excited. and, yeah. and just, Give them an opportunity really to look at the more important spiritual questions of life and what does the Lord have in store for you? So, And even um, to be out in the beauty of nature, you know, that itself, especially after a winter, after being closed up a bit, after, you know what I mean? It's just something, just that spring, springtime air, it's just so refreshing and God reveals himself. Like even on the way back, the sun was setting, it was just glorious. And I just find that God speaks to me through that. And they got to see the same sunset on their bus, you know, at the end of the year, you know, many schools have like a senior spotlight type thing where they highlight a senior and they ask all like different questions uh, from their school experience. And uh, uh, Shanley does that also. And they oftentimes ask the students, what was the most memorable event? And a surprising number do say that retreat. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably, as you mentioned, kind of a confluence of so many um, circumstances, but being kind of away from the the academic environment, you're all with your friends, it's near the end of your high school career. And it's just really primed to be a very meaningful, edifying, moving um, uh, weekend for, for the students. And praise God if it's one of the highlights of their high school career. Right. And last year, since it was canceled, I had signed up to be a helper. Um, I was really sad about it because I knew that what they were going to be missing out on. Of course, they didn't know, but um, my son really did enjoy it. And I, and I just said, I'm so, so grateful for Shanley for being able to, to, even though it wasn't the two days that overnight. So anyway, that was, that was so fun. And father, you know, you're going to be in a new position here pretty soon. This is kind of our last, our last what hurrah. Are you, what, what, are you, what are you talking about, Roxanne? <laughs> yeah. So I think you got a new job. So maybe you can tell our listening yeah, audience about that. Yeah, it kind of came out of left field. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, Bishop Folda pulled me aside uh, in the office. And I thought, oh, what did I do? I kind of felt like I was being pulled aside in the principal's office. But uh, he floated an idea um, past me, the... Uh, the current principal of Shanley was leaving at the end of the year and they were in search of a, a new principal. And he asked if that would be something that I would be willing uh, to take on. And I took a deep breath and I said, that's, that's, that's not what I was expecting. Good joke, Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, we talked a lot about it there and, uh, and he gave me a few days and I, I spent a, a lot of time in prayer Um but uh, eventually met back with him, and I uh, I gave him my own fiat. I was uh, I was happy to do it. So yes, this is going to be mm. kind of a new adventure for me and for for Shanley and the diocese. But uh, yeah, the bishop has assigned me as a priest to be the next principal of Shanley High School. So different uh, different than what we're accustomed to. I know uh, other dioceses in our listening area are more familiar with this model. It's becoming more common mm-hmm. to uh, put clergy in more of the administrative positions at, at, uh, in, in, in high schools. I know the Diocese of Bismarck has taken a very active role in that sort of model. 
Um, somebody asked me when the last time there was a priest as the principal of Shanley, and it was it was Father Stelton, which would have been back in like the sixties, okay. maybe. Okay. Um, so it has it has uh, uh, been a long time, but. You know, for me, I do have an education background. Before I was a priest, mm-hmm. I was a school teacher. Mm-hmm. I was working um, on a degree to be a, a principal. Okay. I was probably thinking more so elementary. But uh, but um, when I was working on that, um, the Lord took me in another direction to seminary. And I thought, well, you know, that was, you know, that period of my life and the Lord is calling me to something different now and I will joyfully follow him. And now he's really brought that back. You know, that full is circle. interesting how God does it. I was a broadcast journalism major through most of my college. And then I kind of went into print towards the end, yeah. but now even just doing Catholic radio, like it's such a familiar area for me. And so God does kind of find ways, like if you had an inclination and it was of him, he'll, he'll help you back onto that path. He really does. And I, you know, I, 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 I tell that to the seminarians oftentimes, you know, in our, in our lives, we, we kind of see like these detours, you know, or the Lord all of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, sends us in a different direction. And my goodness, you know, you live long enough that comes back around and those, these kind of uh, crooked lines or these detours that our life seems to wander. I look back now and it really is more of a straight line yes, than a wavy those line. Those things, those, those detours prepare you for whatever the yes, next thing is. They and- were needed for yes. something later. And you mm-hmm. didn't know it at the time. And it seemed like it was totally, totally chaotic. But um, the Lord the mm-hmm. Lord is totally guiding all of our lives. And so this kind of small event in my life is just, it just reminds me of that yet again of, um, you know, those years before the priesthood were really preparation for this ministry. I have a burning question. I love your homilies. Are you going to still be doing masses? Or are you, you know, for the school or will that, will I you think, be able to do that double I role? I think so. That, that's a lot of the stuff we've got to hammer out here in the next months in anticipation of the school year. Um, the school um, uh, still has their chaplain. Father Slattery will mm-hmm. remain their chaplain. And so right. he will be the main, uh, the main uh, person responsible for kind of the spiritual support of the school. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, I'm the principal and I'm a priest there. I'm going to be participating in that ministry as well. Probably not to the same fervor that Father Slattery will be. And I, I love Father Slattery too. Nothing yeah, against yeah. him. But I just wondered, you know, I'm, I was trying to imagine how that would go. Yeah. And if you would be able yeah. to step into that every once in well, a while too. We'll, we'll, we'll probably be, be balancing a, a lot of that. So nice. It's one of these, these, this is the, kind of the newness of mm-hmm. it is we'll have to figure out how all this works. I heard that some of the the juniors, you know, who will be seniors are very worried about this. Oh. <laughs> they, they thought a priest can't be a principal. Like that's, that's, that's mutually exclusive. And so uh, I don't see it quite that way, but we'll, we'll have to fit. Can a priest discipline? Yes. A priest can discipline those students. You're a spiritual father. You're a so, father right. and a father has to discipline the the family and to and 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 the family's better because of it. So well, your family's going to grow pretty soon, Father. Well, yeah. <laughs> lots of kids. <laughs> yeah, that will that will. Uh, you'll have lots of flashbacks to to your own growing up years. Well, well Roxanne, let's uh, let's take a quick break here, and we'll uh, we'll pick up the conversation on the other side. You are listening to Real Presence Radio. This is Real Presence Radio Live with your host, Father Kyle Metzger and Roxanne Solonen. We'll be right back after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. We have all lost someone to the reality of death, some more tragic than others. I'm Father Chris Alar. While grieving is a natural process, it helps if you know how to navigate your way through it. As my friend Sammy Wood says, you can never get over a tragic loss, but you can get through it. Come to know the stages of grief, which are acute, integrated, and complicated grief. Seek help whenever needed, either from a friend or especially from medical professionals. There is no shame in asking for help. Remember, Jesus accepted the help of his followers while bearing the weight of the cross on his way to Calvary. Don't go it alone. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Roxanne Solonen, your co-host, along with Father Kyle Metzger. We're having a nice conversation this morning on this beautiful day. And do you know what day it is um, other than Our Lady of Fatima's uh, feast day? It is also the Ascension. Ascension well, Thursday. Yeah, that's right. Well, we're, we're going to get into a little bit of a some different variances there in, in how this has been celebrated. But I have a little reflection that I wanted to read from the Magnificat um, in today's Mass. In the Ascension, we find the com- completion of Christ's earthly mission. Our redemption is accomplished. In his passion, Jesus lovingly bears the weight of the whole world's sin. In his crucifixion, he is raised up that he might defeat death, and in his resurrection, he unveils the life to come. And today, he, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, is raised up in glory, opening our path into the heavenly sanctuary. Thus, the ascension, as St. John Paul II said, indicates the goal to which personal and universal history is hastening, heavenly glory. We are indeed bound for heaven, and the ascension reminds us that our gaze is to be fixed on Christ in glory, even as we labor tirelessly for him in this present age. I I just, there was a few little Mm -hmm. moments in there that I just thought were so beautiful. Um, Raised in glory, opening our path into the heavenly sanctuary, and then the St. John Paul II, um, the personal and, uh, oh, hastening to, to heavenly glory. I just thought, you know, that 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 gaze, you know, that that gaze to where we're going. Because sometimes I think we kind of forget 
where we're going. You get kind of caught up in the mundane and the, the muddle of life, and we forget like the the vision that we're created. We're created for another world, right? You know, it's kind of like we're um we're caterpillars, and our destiny is to be butterflies. You know, to this transformation of life, and we kind of get a, a glimpse of that uh, in the ascension. We're all going to ascend to heaven. You know, after our deaths. Um, but a great, uh, great holiday, great uh, holy day. And that reality makes a difference. If you think about the non-believer who doesn't have that in their mind, it's got to be a whole different way of being. Yeah. Uh, uh, what that makes me think of is uh, um, when they're uh, something uh, uh, a guide taught us in Rome, you know, when they're doing all these excavations in Rome, you know, this very ancient city, all these Christian sites and stuff, and they come across a cemetery. Mm-hmm. They said, um, archaeologists can identify instantly if it's a Christian cemetery or a pagan cemetery. And you know how they identify it? How? If the bodies are buried versus cremations. Oh, okay. Because the pagans didn't mm-hmm. believe in a life after after death, and so they mm-hmm. just they just burn the bodies. Mm-hmm. It's it's more convenient. It's mm-hmm. more efficient. It's more sanitary, mm-hmm. and so they would just burn the bodies. So the graves are very small urns and stuff. It was more utilitarian. Yes, kind of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, but but um, Christians buried the body, mm-hmm. the, the the reverence for the body, the recognition that we will ascend, that these bodies will will be, will, will will rise again. And so it, it's a much more difficult uh, process to go through a, a burial of a body. But there's mm-hmm. always been that reverence. Christian, Christianity always had that reverence for the body, even after death, with a view towards the resurrection of, of the body. Right, so. right. There's another little reading here that I, I read from Acts 1.11. Men of Galilee, why gaze in wonder at the heavens? This Jesus whom you saw ascending into heaven will return return as you saw him go. Alleluia. So then there's that other aspect of it, like, yes, look to the heavens, but but do it while you're on earth going, you know, like yeah. going forward on the way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, now, uh, it's a, it's Ascension Thursday, but... Um, not everyone no. is thinking Ascension <laughs> not, today. <laughs> people are not thinking Ascension. What's going on? Uh, and in, in most dioceses, this uh, the Ascension Thursday has been transferred to Sunday, mm-hmm. and so um, 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 that's the case in all of our listening area. Um, uh, if you go to Mass today, it will be uh, the optional memorial of Our Lady of Fatima, which we're going to talk about later in the in the show. But uh, Ascension has been transferred to Sunday, and that kind of is kind of why is that going on? Um, so, just kind of a little like liturgical historical note. Do you know how many holy? I'm going to put you on the spot, Roxanne. We're I'm going not going to know. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm going to my teacher mode now. Okay. Do you know how many holy days of obligation there are in the catechism? I'll just say nine. I don't oh, know. Oh wow, pretty good, Roxanne. Oh. There are ten. Oh, I almost said ten. <laughs> there, yeah, there are ten holy days of obligation. However, when you're in school, you usually only memorize five. Okay. And so what's the deal? If the catechism requires 10, numerates 10 mm-hmm. holy days of obligation, we usually only have to memorize five. Are those the ones that fall on Sunday now? or We have that... transferred a lot of okay. them to Sunday. Now okay. there's debate whether or not that's a good decision or bad, so mm-hmm. if, it may, if it's kind of a laxity or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But the, cat, uh, the, 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 the 
I said the catechism, it might be canon law. After canon law enumerates them, it gives the, the local bishop the option to transfer them to Sunday if it's for the benefit of the faithful. So like here are the holy days of obligation. Okay, Christmas, mm-hmm. that one you have to memorize. Everybody knows that. The epiphany, right? The epiphany is usually, what is that? Uh, January, January 5th or 6th or something yeah, like that. It's usually like sixth. the 12th day after Christmas, right? right. That's where we, were, we get the song, the 12 days mm-hmm. of Christmas, it ends on Epiphany. That's always transferred to Sunday. So you don't have to remember that day. Mm-hmm. You're always going to celebrate Epiphany on Sunday now. But in canon law, the Epiphany is mentioned as a holy day of obligation. The Ascension, mm-hmm. which would normally be today, mm-hmm. that's been transferred to Sunday. So you don't have to memorize that date. Uh, the Feast of Corpus Christi, which would usually always be on a Friday, transferred to Sunday. Mm-hmm. So most people, you'll have Corpus Christi processions on a Sunday. But that's a holy day of obligation. Normally, it would be on a Friday mm-hmm. um, after, uh, after Pentecost. Not anymore. Uh, January 1st, the Feast of uh, Mary, the Mother of God. Mm-hmm. That's been retained. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Assumption, August 15th. That's been retained. The Feast of St. Joseph. March 19th is a holy day of obligation, oh. uh, but that's been relaxed. Okay. okay? So you okay. don't have to memorize that date. Uh, the Feast of Saints Peter and Paul, which would be June 29th, that's been relaxed. If you go to Rome on that day, oh my goodness, it's not a, relaxed. It's not relaxed. <laughs> it's like the biggest feast of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then All Saints Day, November 1st, that's been retained. So there's actually quite a number of holy days of obligation, but... Um, the bishop has the option to transfer them to a Sunday to relax them. And so um, most dioceses uh, here in the United States only have five of them that you'll have to remember. There are a handful of dioceses, I think 10 of them, that have retained Ascension Thursday on the Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some uh, 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 in Nebraska. There's some out on the East Coast. Um, but uh, all the dioceses in our listening area Ascension has been transferred to this coming Sunday. Okay. So. Do you want to explain? I know I, I hear this from time to time. What is a holy day of obligation? You know, I think we've kind of lost that a little bit of what it is and why we, the word obligation, I yeah. think, makes some people a little prickly. Yeah. Um, let me put this in the context of a rule that my father had for the family, which we rolled our eyes when we were teenagers and were frustrated. But boy, I see the value in it now. My father was actually a rather kind of relaxed man, but he had a few rules that he did not relax on. And one of the rules was you had to be home for dinner at six. Didn't matter, you know, if if there were practices or other events, um, the Metzger family had dinner at six and you were expected to be there. That was an obligation, Hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why is because it was so good for the family to be there. There was a wisdom in us coming together. We all sat down at the table. We shared what we did. And it was because it was so important, my dad attached the obligation to it. Not Mm -hmm. as a punishment, but Mm -hmm. like we can't let this Mm -hmm. slide Mm -hmm. because if this slides, the family starts to fracture. Mm -hmm. At the time, like I said, it was so annoying. What's the big deal? You know, it's... Boy, I'm it's just food. I'm just hungry. Uh, yeah, like, why exactly. Do I have to? <laughs> I, or I had food at somebody else's house. Um, you have to make it a law that I have to eat. Um, but boy, I see the wisdom in that now. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about the food. It was something about the, yeah. the community coming together. Yeah. There's an analogy there to the mass, to Sunday obligation, that we have to have a time that we all come together to share the stories about the Lord, 
to to reenact the you know uh, to remember his suffering and death. We have to come together, and so in order to kind of retain that, the church makes it an obligation, not as a punishment, but but as as kind of a, an image of how important this is. We can't let this we can't let this this slip. And I think if you're if your faith is alive, if you're awakened in your soul. It will be something that you'll want to do, hopefully. I mean, I know teenage mm-hmm. kids maybe are less inclined in that direction, but um, yeah. to be to have something obligated. But at the same time, again, like you said, they'll see the value later. And yeah. anything that's edifying your soul and helping you learn and just drawing you close to God, you know, is a... I've heard the the term uh, "holy day of opportunity" or you know yeah. something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. As as you mature in your humanity, those obligatory things become less obligatory. And mm-hmm. like you know, like an adult, you know, as you get older, you don't need an obligation to do that. You want to do that. You see right. the value of that. And so the obligation is for you know people on the fringes where the fervor maybe is not as strong as it could be. This is going to be kind of the the um, uh, the 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 wall to prevent the people mm-hmm. from kind of straying away mm-hmm. for those who are less fervors. And tonight at our cathedral, right across the street from here in the Diocese of Fargo, the Cathedral of St. Mary's, they're going to have a solemn mass, um, uh, 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 you know, to honor the obligation, I guess, uh, that, yeah. that, in that feast day today. Is it a feast day? Or no. Well, for, the, yeah. that's going to be a mass in yeah. the extraordinary yeah. form. So on the old calendar, before it was transferred to the Sunday, so a Latin tradi- a traditional yeah. Latin mass, they're going to have the actual um, Ascension Thursday liturgy. And they're very open. So if anyone wants to come in and to experience the Latin mass, if you haven't before, or if you have, but it's been a long time, and they're going to end afterwards with wine and cheese. So, and cheese. you know, there's always a feast there somewhere. <laughs> so that'll be a seven o'clock at St. Mary's Cathedral in Fargo. The traditional Latin mass are going to have the actual Holy Thursday. Uh, it's not Holy Thursday, excuse me, Ascension Thursday liturgy tonight. Right, right. Anything else about Ascension before we go to our next break? I don't think so. I think uh, we, we, we gave them a lot, of, a lot of information. So you are listening here to Real Presence Radio Live with your host, Father Kyle Metzger and Roxanne Solonen. And on the other side of the break, we've got uh, 200 miles, 12 mi- women on one mission. So if you want to learn a little bit more about that, we'll see you on the other side of the break. Live. Engaging and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 